Good morning. It is a joy to be here, and uh, I, I feel at home. When you have uh, seven people have been in your house, they've seen where you were born, they've eaten the food that you grew up eating, and uh, uh, you are among people who have so much love and care for the children of Uganda like I do, you really feel at home. And uh, uh, it's Emily and David, stand people and they can see you. There's of course, of course Pastor Scott and Matthew, his son, you stand, Linda, Grandma Linda, and uh, Jim always keeps uh, watching over there. You can stand Jim as well, there's Lisa, uh, there's Glenn, and uh, uh, there's Glenn, where is Glenn? Oh, back there, you stand. See, don't, don't be shy. That's, uh, that's, that's the grandfather of uh, Chicago who comes to Uganda and takes care of uh, orphans. And, and Grandma Lisa. And then I have special uh, visitors, John and Sandy Fugate, please stand. Those, uh, that couple has loved Juna Magara and children in Uganda so much. Twice they have hosted uh, fundraising events in their home and raised a lot of money to go towards caring for the children, and I'm very grateful to God for that. I'm very grateful definitely for the uh, partnership that has existed between the VB um, churches and uh, uh, having Pastor Keith and Pastor Scott come to Uganda and uh, music past, past of the youth, Dave, uh, has, uh, has really made this church and, and you all part of our ministry, and we are very grateful to God for that. And we look forward to more of you coming. As a matter of fact, one of our board members is taking a construction team to Uganda, leaving December 27th uh, up to January 15th. If it is cold here and you want a place to go, come. But, but don't come because of uh, running away from the cold. Come because there will be blessings to impart and there will be blessings to receive. Mark the dates and uh, come. Uh, the reason why we are looking for a construction team is we are expanding facilities for the children. We have a primary school that we're working on and, and part of it serves as accommodation for the, for the orphan children and also part of the space serves as uh, our classrooms and uh, uh, that's why I was standing with uh, uh, Scott and, uh, and uh, Matthew, uh, one of the, the mission uh, photos that they did for the, for the church uh, uh, in missions. I, I, was, I was there chuckling when, uh, uh, I forget what his name is, was talking about the misery index. Eh? Chad, Chad. When, yeah, over there, when I was talking about the, <laughs> the misery index, and I'm thinking, you ain't seen anything yet. <laughs> and I was thinking, what are you talking about, man? You know? When you talk about the misery index with a smile on your face, when you talk about the misery index, when you have most probably enough supplies of food in your freezer and your fridge and on your shelves that can feed you for two months. 
I don't understand what misery is. Definitions vary, and that's what our world gives us. But I'm glad you talked about the misery index because I am sharing about way to go on with God in reference to the children of Israel moving from misery to the promised land of plenty and blessings. You want to talk about the misery index? You needed to have been in Egypt as a slave, making bricks without straw, with a whip over you every single day. You want to talk about misery? You need to have been in Egypt where your boys were killed at birth because the people who were over you didn't want you to multiply and be a people with a purpose. But it was out of that misery when the Israelites cried out to God and God in his mercy and goodness and amazing grace that we sang about heard from heaven and picked a person who had been raised in Egypt, Moses, amen, and sent him on a mission to be the hands, the mouth, and the eyes, and the feet of God to bring a change. Thank you for talking about misery. God is still looking for Moseses today, you and I, to step up and be the eyes, the mouth, the hands, and the feet that God will use to get his people out of the misery in the, in, in the indices or indexes that are all over. Are you willing to step up and say yes? Or are you waiting for your burning bush? Those flowers, those fall is a good time to preach on this message. They look like they're on fire. <laughs> yeah? You have burning bushes around you. So it's time to go. It's time to go. The call is clear. And when we go with God, God has a wonderful plan. The text, it's a long text that I have uh, to share this message with you from. Exodus chapter 13, starting from verse 17 and moving on to chapter 15. Don't read there because it is a long text. But there are four things that come out of this text that are very clear for me. God has done his things and he has uh, sent the plagues and and I showed his power to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh has come to the point where he has says, okay, you Israelites leave. Leave me in peace. The misery index because of your presence here is, is way too, too much unbearable. You go, and they have gone on their way out of Egypt. Verse 17 of chapter uh, 13 says that God did not allow the Israelites to move 
farther northwards into the promised land via a shorter route. Because shortcuts don't cut it with God sometimes. We may want to be comfortable and, and do missions only in Aurora where we are okay. I told my, 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 my brother, my father, there when he was asking me, is it safe in Uganda? I said, is it safe here? And he said, I said, is it safe anywhere? In fact, I told him, no, it is not safe. And he said, you're right. I said, is it safe here? He said, no, it's not safe. And, and our safety is only found in Jesus Christ. Outside Jesus Christ, forget it. We may have the biggest army, we may have the most sophisticated weaponry, but if the Lord is not on our side. So Israel, it says they left Egypt armed seriously for battle. But God knew that if they faced the, the, the war-tried Philistines, the temptation would be to head back to Egypt. And so God decided he was not going to make it easy for them to go back. He gave Moses instructions to tell the Israelites not to go straight up north, but to do a detour heading towards the Red Sea and camp there. When you look at some of the Bibles at the, at the back uh, of, of our Bibles, when they put there the maps of, of Israel, leaving Egypt and going into the promised land, they, they have question marks about which route they may have taken. And usually the maps, actually the supposed routes don't show them crossing directly to the Red Sea. Why? Because we do not envisage God doing what he does for all of us. Miracles. Check your Bible. But the instructions to Moses were very clear. Tell the Israelites to march towards two places. Pi Hirahoth, it's a different name, and, and Baal, two places, opposite the Red Sea. And Moses told them, and they did go. They were led amazingly by a symbolic presence of God in a cloud of a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night, leading them on a daily basis. And that's the beauty of going with God when we are being led out of misery. His presence is with us. That's the only thing that can cause us to smile as we go with God. So the Israelites go, and because of the fire leading them by night and the cloud of fire by day, they marched day and night. It wasn't, they, 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 they didn't have uh, football games to watch during the night and relax. They, there were no national leagues, you know. They were living for life. And they arrived by the Red Sea, tired. And Moses said, you can rest a little while. 
scripture says when Moses led the Israelites, God told him, I am going to harden Pharaoh's heart and he will think the Israelites don't know where they are going. They're just wandering around in the desert and God says, I will harden his heart to gain glory for myself and, and, and he will come after you. But I will show him that I am God who is able to deliver. Do you sometimes feel like you're wandering around by following Jesus Christ? You feel sometimes uh, you are lost because everyone else seems to be having uh, things going well and for you, you are going around. Well, this is what the Israelites experienced. And true, because God knows everything, Moses followed his instructions and Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he came after Israel. He came with all his military might, chariots and horses and, and, and men of, of war. They came after the Israelites. And when they had been resting, as, as I say, uh, placed between not just a hard place and a rock, but a hard-heartened pharaoh and a soft place, the sea with no way in it. They saw Pharaoh coming with his army. Guess what the misery index was? It went below zero. And they were seeing themselves in the grave. The misery index went that far down. They saw themselves dead. And they like we usually do, raise a cry against God and against Moses and say, why did you bring us out of Egypt? Egypt was good. Yes, we were in slavery, but man, at least there was hope for our bodies being mummified there. Not just being strewn over the desert to be eaten by the buzzards. At least we know that in Egypt we had garlic and we had uh, uh, cucumbers and there was fish from uh, uh, the Nile coming from Lake Victoria in Uganda flowing northwards. And, you know, we, we, had a, 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 we had it good. We had it going good more. Why did you take us out if you didn't know that there was going to be a way? Didn't we tell you to leave us alone and you didn't listen to us? And Moses was sure God was faithful and was going to provide a way. And he says, listen, be still. You are going to see God's mighty work to deliver you today. And he says, you will look for these Egyptians, you will not see them. And, and that is faith speaking. Moses had had dealings with God enough to know that God is faithful and God is able. Joseph had told the descendants of Israel that time is going to come when God will honor his word. They promise to take you out of Egypt. And he said, when that happens, please don't leave my bones behind. Take my bones with you. And they were carrying the bones of Joseph as a testament to prophecy becoming fulfilled. So Moses knew 
God was going to do it. And, and so God speaks to the Israelites through Moses and says, uh, stop wasting your time and mine. He says, you have what it takes to create a way. Stretch your hand. The blessed hand. Stretch your hand over the sea. God had a, pool, a foolproof strategy for decimating Pharaoh's military might. He wanted to gain glory for himself and give the Egyptians an explanation about his power if the ten plagues had not cut it for them. And so he said, let Israel go. I'm creating a way. This is how God does his things. He will tell us to move. And actual things happen when we move. You might be at a dead end in your life. Things may not be going well. Things may not be looking rosy. You may be hemmed in by the enemy of the military might of the things that surround us and the sea of worry and anxiety and fear of the future. We too are, have our own camp ferocious. I, I call that, that's a new coined word, ferocious, being caught between Pharaoh and the sea that is unrelenting. Camp ferocious. And, 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 and the, the, the situation actually brings ferocious fear. You're terrified. There is a way, way to go. Look up to God. And listen to what he is saying. Moses listened to God. And God said, go. Go. That's what God says. But you see, we have a, a situation where, like human beings, we are afraid of the unknown. We are comfortable with what we know. Faith is such a big challenge. We don't want to go. And the Israelites were right in that position. They didn't want to go. And we are, I take the analogy of uh, these fast foods, uh, Burger King and other places where you go. And if you listen carefully, they will ask you a question. Is it for here or to go? Is it for here or for to go? And <laughs> the Egyptians were wishing it was for to go back to Egypt. Because for here was sure death. And Jesus is the way out of death. He rose from the grave. God wanted Israel to be a congregation for to go on with God in the future, not backward. Because God calls us to move on to his 
determined end result. But many of us are for, for here, right? When Pastor Scott stands up here and says, this is all that we have in the preparation for missions to go, many of us are saying, uh-huh, I am for here. Lay it here, men, bring it here. Set the table and leave me alone. But it was not a safe place for Israel to choose the option of for here. Because for here would mean death, even if they were not sure the Israelites had to move. And as they moved, the army of Egypt followed on. You see what God had done, the tactical move that was sure to bring defeat to Pharaoh's. The angel of the Lord who had been at the front of the Israelites moved at the back. And when he moved at the back, he created a miracle of light for the Israelites and darkness for the Egyptians. And the Israelites moved on as the sea was parted. A miracle was happening as they walked. And because the enemy, the Egyptians, were so focused on following them, they kept going and going, but they never saw them. God had made it so stark, clear, on whose side one wanted to be, to be saved. The Israelites were on God's side, the side of light, the light that is in the world. This brings us to the New Testament scripture that John the Apostle writes in chapter 1, verse 1 to 5, and then chapter 9, verse 45, where he says, I am the light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. But John says, he is not only the light of the world, he is the light. And the, and the life of the world is the light of men in Jesus Christ. The Lord who was in the beginning, the word and the word who was with God and the word who is God. Who was there when God was orchestrating his deliverance, redemption in the desert of Egypt by the Red Sea. He is your light and he is my light. He is the one who says I am the way, the truth. Verse 21 of chapter 14 of Exodus. God provides a way. Moses says, there's a way to go. The Israelites took steps of faith and walked on dry way to salvation. There's no other way. There's no other way. Well, tactical defense plan number two was for God to instruct Moses to stretch his hand again when Israel was on the dry ground. It was like press the undo button. And Moses obeyed and pressed the undo button, and the water started going backwards and filling the space. 
all of a sudden, the Israelites saw that the enemies were no longer following them. And the Egyptians discovered they were no longer moving forward. The wheels of their chariots were going off, and the tactical plan of God confusing them and confounding the chariots succeeded. They all drowned. Israel walked on dry ground. Way to go forward with God. And Pharaoh was defeated. Whatever enemies that you and I have, brothers and sisters, will be defeated. Because Jesus Christ triumphed over the enemy. And in him we have sure victory. There is a way to go for you and I. To bring others to be on the side of God. There is a way to go for missions. Jesus Christ is the way. A similar situation is told by the gospel of Mark chapter 16 verse uh, 14. To by Mark where Jesus, Jesus calms the storm with his disciples. The disciples in, in Mark chapter 16, verse 1 and 2, they are, Mark chapter 4, verse 35 to 41, they are in a boat with Jesus. And they are worried because a, a storm comes over and water comes into the boat and they are afraid that they are going to die and they wake up Jesus and they say, Jesus, we are going to die. Don't you care? Scripture says Jesus woke up and he calmed the storm. It says it was all very quiet and still and complete calm followed. The same Jesus the Lord who was there when the Red Sea was being parted and the way was being created is the same Lord over all creation. He's the one who calls us, you and I, to be still and to know that he is the Lord and to listen to his instruction. Christ gave his disciples the instructions for way to go that are very impre impressive and comprehensive, that we find in Mark chapter 16, verse 14 and 20. There are two things that Jesus pointed out as likely factors for affecting how we uh, relate with him. One is the problem of settling for the here status, which may be on the wrong side of God. The other thing that Jesus once his disciples about is not being quick to believe. Lack of faith and a stubborn refusal to believe that he is the risen Lord of all creation and Savior and Father are things that as followers of Jesus Christ we must be wary of. If we are to be people who will move on forward with Jesus on the way that he has provided. But the disciples learned 
And when Jesus went to be with the Father, they realized that their responsibility was with them. And led by Peter and Barnabas and Paul, they went forward with God. They went with the mission to show others the way of salvation because Jesus is the way. The truth and the life. That's a verse that we are all most probably familiar with. John 14, 6. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Way to go forward, moving on with Jesus. There is no other way. Way to go forward out of the depth of the misery indicators. Way to go. It's not the political way. It's not the military way. It's not the, 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 the social in engineering way. The way to go out of the misery index or indexes that surround us is the way of Jesus. And that's the way that we have found works in helping the orphans of Uganda out of the misery. That's the way we have found helping the grandmothers and grandfathers and other communities in Uganda out of misery is the way of Jesus. That is the way I found to be true for me when I was hemmed in in a prison after leading a riot at the university I went to in Uganda, wanting to bring about a change for good in my human might, only to find that I could not win against the government, only to find being arrested and imprisoned. Only to find I could not bring a change being hemmed in by walls and unable to get myself out of prison. But guess what? I cried out to the Lord because I found a Bible in prison. Those put there by the Gideon's Bible International Organization. And the connection with the Bible kindled faith in me that reminded me of what the disciples, Peter, John, Barnabas, Cyrus, and Paul had experienced when they cried out to God in prison, and God had sent his power. Prison doors were opened, chains were broken, and they went out. I said, if you are the living God who makes a way, open the way for me to get out of prison. And he did. And he did. I was charged with holding an unlawful assembly. I was taken to meet the president of the country who said, I will kill you and your two colleagues if you do not stop disturbing us. He said he had power over our lives. And he pointed out to a newspaper from a neighboring country of Kenya, the front line had dead bodies of university students who had been killed. And he said, you can do that. Guess what? He is dead. I am alive. Hallelujah. He died in exile. Because when I called on the name of the Lord, he not only did he save me from the prison situation, he saved me from the spiritual prison of sin. I had gone to prison a sinner. I began to encounter the power of the God who works mightily, who makes a way. And in recognition and accepting acceptance of that power in 1985 May the Sunday of 12th I raised my hands to say Lord I surrender to you and brothers and sisters prayed with me 
They were weeping tears of joy, and they said, Ben, God has answered our prayers. We were asking God to bring a change in this situation, and we believe it has come. They said you are now a new creation because scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, that therefore there is a, anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. I said I like the new thing. You know, we all like new things. If one wanted you to bring the, uh, the, big, cell, the, the big cell phones that had the, the antenna, you know, how many of us are still carrying that? We all like new things. Yeah, oh, now we, it's a, is it Galaxy 5 or 6 that we are waiting for? And the iPads and, you know, the, the computers which covered the whole world are, are gone. We all like new things. I like the idea of a new thing, being a new me, a new Ben. Wow! <laughs> it was great. We like to be new. And they say that's the truth of Scripture. And again, I tell you, it works. They also told me that, listen, we know you have a case with the government. I said, you know, I want to get that off my back and enjoy, begin to enjoy life. They said, listen, we're going to pray this scripture over you. Romans 8.1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so they said, Ben, you are in Christ. You are free. There shouldn't be any condemnation. The next day I went to the court for mention of my case. It was thrown out. Wow, God had made a way for me to go. And I made a prayer as I marched out of the courthouse that God take my experience of organizing people to rebel against authority, consecrate it and use me to submit and be subject to your will and to bring a change for good. And that's what I continue to do with the dancing and joy, because I am free. The Israelites, this is what we find in chapter 15, verse 1 and 2, and then uh, the other following verses. When they saw the dead bodies of their enemies scattered by the seashore, because as the waters came and redid the, the dry ground and turned into the sea, the force with which the water came, it pushed the dead uh, uh, horses and the dead Egyptian soldiers and landed on their feet and they were able to see their enemies so that they would know that the enemy is surely dead. There's no reason to fear. And they saw that. What did they do? Moses became an instant composer before the hand of Messiah was composed. He was singing, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Ah, 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 ah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Singing, exalting God, praising the Lord. And, and Miriam joined in and organized the ladies. And the ladies came with their tambourines. He is mighty. Our God is mighty to save. What a worship experience by the Red Sea. From fear to faith, from panic and pain to praise, and possibilities of life. Paul tells us this in Colossians chapter 2, 
verse 9, I will read these verses and I will finish. I told Matthew to tell me if I go beyond the minutes. This is not Uganda, Matthew. You should have told me to stop. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 to 15. This is what Paul tells us that Jesus did for us. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Hallelujah. What God did for Israel by the Red Sea, triumphing over the enemy and putting the dead bodies on display, disarming the authority of Egypt, rendering the military might and power of Pharaoh narrow and void. Paul says, Jesus did it for you and for me. Not only for you and for me, but for the whole world. At the cross. And so, you and I are forgiven. That is the good news I live by and I live for and I live to declare. As a free person, you and I can be free to join the choirs and the guns of mission praises that go to declare what God has done. Now you know that there is a good side and a bad side to death. <laughs> there's the side that has light and there's a side that has darkness. I want to see those who want to be on the side of light and the side of the law. Thank you. That comes with responsibility. That comes with responsibility. Responsibility that we are to take joyfully because we have been saved. We have been loved. I'm going to pray. Maybe Chad was right. Your M index is horrible. Your misery index is down. This is the opportunity to, to rise up in faith and pray. If you, want, you are one of those who really wants to experience prayer and come out of that. And then you sign up before Pastor Scott goes that you will go on one of these missions. This is your opportunity to say, yes, I'm going to step up by faith like Israel. If you want to be one of those people, stand and we pray. Stand and we pray. Thank you. I see someone standing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Any other person wanting to stand? Thank you. You want to say, I want to leave the dark side of misery, of inactivity. I want to be part of the way to go church. The question is being asked for here or for to go, to put it in the language you understand. Those who are saying, today I choose to be the for to go church, stand. Now it is clear. Now it is clear. I want to be for the to go church, not for here. Because, you know, this is not our home. We are going through. Father, thank you that you speak to us. As you spoke to Moses and Israel when they were at Camp Fellowship. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. To those that are sitting who already know their way and they have been going. Moving on to those who are standing to reaffirm their decision to hear your voice and to be willing to go. I pray, Father God, that you will allow us to see a change, a change in our situations, whether financial situations, whether uh, health situations, a change in our uh, spiritual situations, Lord our God, a change in our social situations, family settings and, and relational settings. Lord, I pray that this will be the day that we'll be able to sing and say this is the day that the Lord made a way to go, moving on with God into a future of hope, a future of promise, and a future of productiveness. Thank you, Father. Thank you for hearing us. And thank you, Jesus, for finishing off all our enemies on the cross. It is in your name that we pray. Amen.